Hi, Popcorn Junkies. We are reviewing Where the Crawdads Sing, the new Daisy Edgar Jones film. Daisy Edgar Jones, she of normal people. She also of that rather interesting and fascinating and entertaining and quite inventive film. I think it's on Netflix called Flesh. Uh, she's in a horror where she's a sort of uh, kidnapped woman. And oh yeah, Sebastian Stan plays this. So if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. It's, it's quite a compelling watch. Well, this is Daisy Edgar Jones's, you could argue, first big Hollywood role. She's the lead in a film. Um, it's called Where the Crawdads Sing. It's based on the book by uh, Delia Owens, which has been a huge hit. It's a massive, massive sort of New York Times bestseller, a massive American uh, novel, massive hit. It also stars David Strathairn, 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 Strathairn. Uh, you'd know him from uh, films like Nomadland um, and it also co-stars Taylor John Smith and uh, Harris Dickinson. Um, now where the crawdads sing, I was excited about this. I suppose the main, main pull for me with this, this sort of drama mystery uh, story, was Daisy Edgar Jones. Um, it's set in North Carolina. She plays a young girl called Kaya who uh, essentially lives in an abusive home, a trauma, traumatic sort of broken home where her mum is a, vi a victim of domestic violence. Her father is a brute. Uh, she's, he's brutish to both uh, his her mother, but uh, to her siblings uh, and to her too. But she becomes the last one, being the youngest, she is the last one to kind of stand by him until she too uh, is eventually left on her own. Um, she She's an outsider. She lives in the marshland. She's called the Marsh Girl. They refer to her as the Marsh Girl. And she has this sort of, and you can well imagine that in a book, you know, the idea of the Marsh Girl who lives on the fringes of society. That's quite a captivating and magical kind of literary device. Um, and so this film has all those sort of rich kind of locations you've got the big sort of weeping trees you've got the marshland you've got beautiful landscape you've got sunsets you've got crawdads you've got crawfish you've got you've got birds you've got lots of wildlife and essentially Kaya becomes a sort of she's a feral child who weirdly and this is one of my many issues with the film she's a sort of feral child with incredible incredibly well-defined boundaries which in and of itself is kind of curious though where those boundaries don't sort of uh, stack up is where is when she's sort of romantically interested in someone her clothes just suddenly suddenly drop off and she suddenly snogs them. So she grows up across time. She goes from being a young child, she watches her family leave. Um, and I can't really do a review of this film without quite quickly getting into how it goes about treating its subject matter. Um, it's the story, you know, in terms of the broad sweep of the story, there's a, the film starts with a death. There's the death of a male character. There's question marks. How did he die? How did he fall from this great height? What could have been the cause? And so of course the community, the local community, hits upon the idea that it must be the Marsh Girl because the Marsh Girl had romantic liaisons and the Marsh Girl is an outsider and the Marsh Girl is mysterious and, and potentially cursed and all this kind of stuff. Outsider stuff, all great stuff, all brilliant material for Daisy Edgar-Jones to act her socks off uh, and emote and be uh, with that beautiful, wonderful, expressive and inexpressive face that she's got. Then the film essentially moves through the idea of has she been framed? To what extent could she have done it? Would she have done it? And we sort of tell, we're told the story in a flashback from a courtroom scenario of her involvement with two men, two local men, she's drawn to two men in the town, uh, one who's a good egg, good egg and one who's a bad egg. Um, the good egg sadly also leaves her at a certain point and travels away and doesn't come back. So it's about abandonment, it's about her loneliness, it's about her still feeling like an outsider, it's about her trying to find love, it's about her missing her mum and it's about her trying to construct uh, a life for herself. And something that she hits upon is the fact that she's a great naturist, she's a great drawer, she, she's almost the Beatrix Potter of the North Carolina marshlands. And so she draws these sketches of crayfish, and, uh, and, and birds and insects and all this kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of kind of imagery within this film, certainly when she has her romantic involvements with these two guys that she comes across. Uh, there are lots of images of kind of birds, you know, migrating and all that, all that kind of stuff, feathers and, you know, what have you. 
all of these aspects, all of these attributes, as I say, wonderfully rich elements in a literary work. And yet in this movie, how could they have so spectacularly dropped the ball? Um, for example, let me give an example. So when she's a young girl and she sees her family leaving her, and so of course the wife leaves and then her siblings leave, the film actually shows you watch each of them walk out the front door at different times in history and go off. It's so predictably and pedestrianly and, and obviously and literally done. There's no aspect of this film that is inspiring, innovative or creative in any way whatsoever. And I felt really, really sorry for Daisy Edgar Jones, who, sitting at the centre of what essentially becomes an incredibly interminable, dire, predictable, um, cliched, obvious, unexciting, uninventive, um, sort of cheap, low-rent version, I felt, of, say, a, a story like To Kill a Mockingbird. A terrible court case. They, it looked like they had six days to shoot stuff. They shot all the sort of different takes in one location in one day, and you could almost see that they hadn't moved the camera. Uh, the script, for saying it came or comes from such a rich potential or from such a rich source material in terms of the book, the script was leaden, the script was obvious, there was no sort of philosophical thinking. Even her art, even the fact that she was a sort of natural artist, you know, an artist of the natural world, wasn't particularly good, you know. There were stereotypes, there were archetypes, so there was the bad boy and there was the kind of good boy, but the troubled good boy. There was the domestic abusing father who was so obviously what he was. Uh, and she was a little lost woman in the middle of it all. And then you have the black family who run the local sort of store who were lovely characters. And I'm sure in the book, you know, this is a period piece, I think set in the 90, late 1950s, 60s, may well have been like them. But I felt they were like a stereotypical retread of how local benevolent a local benevolent black family would have been circa Hollywood 1940, 1950. There was no sort of, there's no interpretation of their roles. They were just obvious archetypes. They were just archetypes. You know, he was sort of really warm and lovely and misunderstood. And so you got no sense. There was no sense of the fact that there were, would have been huge race issues. And, uh, you know, they were inferred, but they were in no way kind of made obvious. Um, and so this, this managed to become an incredibly predictable, incredibly cliched and incredibly boring film um, about a girl slowly uh, trying to prove that she hadn't killed this guy, trying to illustrate how she was made to feel like an outsider. Um, we, we had the malevolence of the second guy who tried to kind of, uh, you know, overkiss her and, 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 and rape her and attack her. Uh, and of course that gave her the motivation, or did it? Was it the motivation? I won't give you the ultimate spoiler of whether she did or whether she didn't. And we kept returning to these really pedestrian scenes in the courtroom where David Strathairn would be kind of d deliberating and offering his evidence to the jury. And and, and after something like the even the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, this was so leaden and boring. I mean, it was, it was like, it was like someone had decided to make a nine 1940s, 50s film, or a film set in the 1940s and 50s, and make the film how they made films in the 1940s and 50s. You know, I was desperate for Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird. I, 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 this, you know, the shots were uninteresting. You've got this beautiful landscape, and they managed to make it all right. It wasn't stunning. You weren't getting amazing vistas. You weren't getting a sense of, you could have made the environment oppressive and, and claustrophobic. And instead, instead it was just, it was just there. She lived in a cabin in the woods. Um, the set design was obvious. The uh, the script and dialogue was obvious. You know the the procedural. You know the police. They were they were uninspired, and it was it was just predictable. Everything about it was predictable. And so as you moved through it, it was an incredibly grey, boring, and 
And yet uh, you kept thinking, Daisy, Daisy, you know, give us something more, give us something more. Now, Daisy Edgar Jones, you know, is at the centre of this film and it's going to be really hard for her not to fill. It's got 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think deservedly so. It was an absolutely catastrophically directed film. I don't like to kick a, to kick a film, but I mean, this is bad. This is bad filmmaking. This is, this is, this is mediocre filmmaking. And unfortunately, uh, you know, for Daisy Edgar Jones, it was, it, you know, it's being billed as her sort of her Hollywood arrival. Uh, and it really isn't isn't something to be that excited about. There was no magical or mysterious sense of the swamp. You know, there were all sorts of aspects of a character that could have been explored in a way that I think as an actress she could have really taken us to, you know, in the ways that she did in normal people. It doesn't have to be all in the dialogue. It can be all in the face. It can be in moments of reflection and self-reflection and what have you. Uh, the love scenes, the sex scenes, they were just achingly awful. They'd literally, they'd hug, they'd stand next to each other and suddenly her top would just drop and they'd, they'd make love and, oh, it was just awful it was just so predictable and then you have the kind of the birds i mean for me uh, all the alarm bells were ringing when the first shot of the the bird uh, i forget the name of the bird but the first shot of this bird which you start flying with and you, you know you're sort of you think we're a drone but clearly this bird has been cgi'd and you're following it for ages and you think okay it's going to land somewhere appropriate and then it's going to trigger the story oh there was it was just a really really awful film <laughs> i mean for me this this sadly i went i went in thinking okay well you know i'm, I'm hoping to get a really nice performance from daisy Edgar jones and i'm hoping to get a really immersive sense of being in the north carolina sort of swamps uh, and what have you uh, and i got neither i mean i felt it could have been shot in a forest in in somerset it was just there was no sense of place there was no sense of time the sense of era was too obviously executed even in the storehouse in the storeroom even when david strathen came into the cell when she'd been originally arrested for you know for under suspicion of murder you know he sat down there was no sort of explanation of his connection with her or why he would want to look after her or look out for her they could have explored a more paternalistic role that perhaps he wanted to to adopt around her i mean they touched upon it but it didn't go there it was as if none of the relationships were really interrogated and none of the relationships were given any history or depth or or kind of rigor so you just felt like a character that was a love interest was talking to a character who was a boy that she was going to kiss who was talking to a character who was a lawyer and there were no there were no deeper connections there were no deep connections you know feminist film a film about female empowerment a woman managing to get rid of a you know some toxic masculinity the toxic masculinity was so two-dimensional that we'd all see the red flags a million miles away even if it was 1959 um it just felt like i'm sure that the author will have looked at this and feel it was a total letdown it's not a reflection on the book i have the book somewhere and i certainly was going to read it because it came so highly recommended i would recommend just on the basis of having only seen the film don't see the film do read the book. Not all books should be turned into films. It's, it's as simple as that. So, um, so I would say if you're going to see this, you've got two hours of very ordinary pedestrian filmmaking. If you want a low rent, not very well structured, paced or written, bad version of an old film, which was of its time very good to kill a mockingbird, this may deliver something. There's a moment's twist at the end. It's a moment's twist at the end, which if you read the book, you'll know. He kind of predicted it. He kind of didn't really care. You kind of thought, well, you know, whoever killed this guy, the guy deserved to die in a sense because he was such a horrible, horrible character. Even his evil, even his malevolence wasn't sufficient for the crime. It felt very limited in scope. It felt very limited in budget. It felt very limited in creative kind of cleverness. There was not a lot of inventiveness going on on the script level or the shooting level or the production level. And bless her, Daisy Edgar Jones was at the centre of this trying to make it work. I felt for her. I thought she was at the centre of a very mediocre mess, uh, if such a thing can exist, trying to stick 
steer it in the right direction. Um, so there you go. And if I was to give it a score, I'd give it an incredibly low 10 to 15 out of 100. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.